Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem. Daf Chaf Aleph. Today's daf has been sponsored by Mr. Eddie Barry Sit in honor of the birth of a baby girl, Hannah. May she bring much pleasure and pride to the family. May she be the mother of Bezat Hashem, many healthy children. Amen. Today's daf is being studied by Arun Shmat, Hakam Baruch Rafael ben Miriam, and Abraham ben Esther. Hashem Tanihem began Eden. Amen. We are three lines from the bottom on daf Chaf Amud Bet. Amar Biyitzhak Bar Ada. This whole case that we're talking about, where you're able to put the four diyumadim with the well in the middle. And those four diyumadim are able to make that area erishuti yachid. So the Gemara says now, in the name of Yitzhak Bar Adah, this was only said as a leniency for Oler Galim, for the pilgrims that come up to Yerushalayim in order that they should have water, in order for them to give to their uh, animals. So we made a leniency for them to rely on this. That she, uh, the Gemara continues. Uh, we have a Braita that says, Lo Says, what do you mean? We have a bright that says that the only leniency that we say for Pasei Biraot is for animals. Which means it sounds like animals at any time of the year. Which means at any time a person wants to give his animals to drink. So long as you have Pasei Biraot on Shabbat. So that would be considered a Shuti Yachid. And therefore you'd be able to give them to drink. So why did it say only for Oleh Galim? It sounds like for animals in general. So the Gebra says, My Galim. Right, so only talk about the animals of the pilgrims that go up on the holiday. Bottom line, Nashi, Abal Adam, however, a human being, Afilu Galim, even if he's a pilgrim, Lohutar Lidlot Vilishtot. We did not be Mekel for him to use Pasibirot for him to personally drink. Because he has the option of going over the walls of the well, putting himself into the Rishut Yahid area directly, and let him drink like that. The animal is no option to put himself over the walls of the well. So therefore they will lean you to align these Pasibirot that you can consider it the Rishut Yahid and therefore allow them to drink. So comes again when it says, Adal. However, Adam, when it comes to a, a person, Metapes ve'ole, Metapes ve'yored. Which means, Metapes means he holds on to the walls, and he, uh, he's ole, he rises up, and he holds on to the wall, and goes down. Actually, the rabbis change the girsah here, because first you go down, then you go up. So they say, Metapes ve'yored. Which is, hold on to the walls, go down into the well, drink, and after you finish drinking, hold on and pull yourself outside. <laughs> Look at that sheet, top line. He holds with his uh, feet and his uh, and his hands by the walls. Okay, and he goes uh, in and out. So there's no leniency by a person. So the Gemara says, We learned in the name of Rav, actually they said Rav Yosef. Uh, we, have a, we have a statement, Ini, in the top line again, Ini, we have a contradiction. She's according to this opinion, they only allowed the whole hit of Pasibiraot for a Be'er Maim Hayim, that is a 
a spring, a wellspring of water. So the Gemara says, And if the whole Eter is for animals, Mali Hayim, Mali Mechud Nasim. Which means, what do I care what type of water it is? She's the Gemara is assuming at this point that wellspring water is fit for human consumption. And then regular standing water, which we call Mechud Nasim, that's maybe not fit for human consumption, but animals certainly would drink either one. So the Gemara is asking, why would we make a condition that it can only bring, well, can only be wellspring water that's fit for human consumption if they can't drink? Anyway, which means if the whole purpose of Pasibirot is for the animals, so therefore the walls are only for the animals. So Machpati, what do I care if it's drinkable for humans or not drinkable for humans? Which is any type of water, even Mechud Nasim, uh, <coughs> even collected water, that's not fit for human consumption, should be okay. I mean, after all, it is for the animals. So the Gemara says, Midi Adam. No, you need water that is fit for human consumption. Rashi. Since it's the water that's making it a mechitza, right? Because that's that's where you need the mechitza for for the water. It needs to be hashuv water. The question again is why? If the animals are not drinking it, if the, I'm sorry, if the animals are the only ones that are drinking it, so what do I care if it's not fit for the humans? So the mefarshim discussed this over here. And the mefarshim explained exactly that since there are certain times that the human would be permissible to drink. For example, one case would be, let's say, um, let's say they draw water in the cup for the animal, and now there's leftover. Mm-hmm. So that leftover, since it was drawn for the animal, now is permissible for a human being to drink. So therefore, since there are cases where Pasebira'ot will... Uh, work for human beings, they needed it to be fit and hashuv for human beings. According to Tosafot, Tosafot holds, and the Buddha Matkeir Midi the Hazir Adam Ba'inan, he holds that once already you made the Pasebira'ot for the animals of Oleh Regalim, that board also becomes mutar for the Oleh Regal himself. It becomes mutar for the uh, for the owner himself. So therefore, certainly, if it's becoming permissible for him, certainly you're going to need uh, to be fit for human consumption. Furthermore, if let's say the well walls are very wide, where the guy cannot climb over them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, in that case, will also be lenient for the human being to drink from them. So therefore, since there are cases where even a human being is going to need to rely on the Pasebira'ot, so therefore, Hakamim said it always has to be fit for human consumption to alleviate those cases where he is going to drink from them. Comes the Gemara and says <coughs> Gufa, we had a statement We said that's only permissible for the animals they said that for the galinaris when it comes to a person right, he climbs in and he climbs out but if let's say the walls of the well were very wide, then it's permissible even for the person, because again, he cannot get into the well, and then we can draw from it. As she says in the third line, he can fill up a cup, and he can drink. Now, the Braita continues, A person should not fill a cup 
of water, and he should not give it in front of his animal. However, he can fill up the trough of water, and he can drink it on his own. So from this Braita, clearly it says what? That the only way the animal can drink over here is on his own. Which means you're not allowed to fill a cup of water and give it to the animal, even when you're in the Paseb, you know, as much as the animal is doing everything on his own. So the Gemara says, So what benefit over here do we get from Paseb, which means... The whole purpose of the Pesibirot is what so the animals can drink. And now you're telling me over here that the man cannot take a cup and give it to the animals. What am I gaining over here? The Gemara says, Which means, what do you mean? What, what, what the benefit is? Which means, I could draw the water out and let the animal drink himself. Which is, how would I be able to get the water out of the uh, board? Jeez, I can't maybe hold the cup and give it to him, but I can take the water out, draw it, and put it in front of the apple, so the Pesimino do survey purpose. So the Gemara says, no, no, that wasn't the question. Wouldn't you make a whole law in the Mishnah that the majority of the animal has to be within the Pasim? Now we understood on the previous daft, the whole reason for that is why? Because not for the animal's sake, for the owner who's holding the cup, right? So he's going to follow the neck of the animal. So he said it's got to be Roshov and Umo. But now that you're telling me in a Braita that you can't even hold the cup at all, so wouldn't you tell me this whole deal of Roshav and Umo? What do I care, Roshav and Umo? Once I take the water out and put it on the floor, let the animal do whatever he wants. Why do I need a Shabbat Ubah? So the Gemara says, uh, this Braita you misunderstood. That wasn't the intent of the Braita. It was like we learned it on the Amud Bet, um, I'm sorry, on Chaf Amud Bet already twice. And what was the interpretation of this Braita? Which means this case was talking about, again, we have the trough that's 10 by 4. Half of it is in the Ben uh, Pasim, and the guy was wanting to go around, and we said, you can't, because the truck might break, and he might put it in the truth, which is nothing to do. Really, you're allowed to take a cup and hold it there. And that's why you need Roshot. Because the animal might rear its head uh, backwards and maybe hold the whole sephik and the previous gemara exactly. If you're holding the animal, if you're not holding the animal, the point is it is permissible to hold uh, to hold the cup and give it to the animal itself. Amar Rav Bar Amar Rav, new law. And burganim bebabel velo pasebiraot behutz laaris. What is the law of burganim? So let's just review some of the laws of Tehomin. Halakha says that a person is not allowed to walk 2,000 amot out of his city on Shabbat. Now, what is considered 2,000 amot out of his city? So it doesn't mean from his house. It means that you have the whole entire city from the last house in the city. That's when you start to count your 2,000 amot. However, there is a deen. The dean says, if let's say you have outside of the city, within 70 amma and two-thirds amma, if you have, let's say, a house, 
that house, since it's within 70 amah of the city, that's considered an extension of the city. Mm-hmm. So you start your 2,000 from there. And now let's say within 70 amah of that house, there's another one. So again, so long as you're within that 70 amah area, you can always count those houses on the outskirts as part of the city, and your 2,000 amah start from yeah. there. So now we discuss the case of Burganin. Burganin were huts. Now these huts we used, let's say, for a shomer of a field. That they used to have these guys used to live in these huts to wash the fields. So you, normally you're allowed to count the burganim as a residency. Mm-hmm. But if you have, let's say, the burganim 70 and two-thirds amah out of the city, so therefore you can count your two to the thousand amot from the burganim, from the huts. So the hadush of Rad is, but in Bavel, the law of burganim does not apply. Which means you count from the last house. If there's burganim outside, doesn't count. Why? The Gemara will explain. Furthermore, he said, there's no law of Pasebiraot in Chutzlaaris at all. Which is the law of Pasebiraot was only said for Eris Israel, for Oreir Galim. However, outside of Israel, no heter with this Pasebiraot. The Gemara is going to explain. The Gemara says, Burganim bebabelo. The reason why Burganim bebabelo are not applicable, tishchihi bidki, because it is very common that you have bidki, which is you have flash flooding, and therefore what happens when you have these flash floods? The Burganim get wiped away, and therefore this is not considered a a residency. It's not considered a place of dwelling. You can't count a temporary structure that is so temporary that it's probably not going to be there. And therefore, since in Bavel, there's uh, constant flash flooding, so therefore those Burganim are not considered a, uh, a residency that we can count as your 2,000 Amar. That's Bidke. Now, What's the reason why No. Because you don't have yeshivot in Chutz La'aris. Now what does that mean? So let's read Rashi. You don't have yeshivas in Chutz La'aris. You don't have really yeshiva guys going from city to city to study. So Rashi tells us a very important factor. Now when we say that was only mutar, because they're going to do a mitzvah. So for that matter, yeshiva guys that were going from city to city in order to go study Torah, so they need water. So therefore we'd be lenient for them as well, or let's say they had their animals even, we'd also be lenient for them, since there are the way to do a mitzvah. mitzvah. So since there's no yeshivas in Chutzlaaris, so therefore there's no hetera pasibirot, but in Bavel, there would be hetera pasibirot. Why? Because there was yeshivot in Bavel. As we know, it was a... Country where in every city had yeshivot. And that's what the Gemara says, Abal Ibcha Abdinan. Ibcha Abdinan means, but the opposite okay. you're able to do. Which means, you're able to have Burganim in Chutz Because mm-hmm. you don't have flash flooding in Chutz other than Bavel. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to have Pasemiraot Heter in Bavel. Why? Because you have yeshivot. That was considered Sorek Mitzvah. And therefore, the Heter will apply. Amar Rav. Amar, Ika de Amri, I'm sorry, Ika de Amri, we have another 
version, Amar but Abba Amar Rav, En Burganim Upase Bidaot, Lo Bebabel, Velo Behostaris. According to this version, Burganim, and for that matter, Pase Bidaot, are neither nor in Babel nor in Hustaris. Burganim Bebabel, Lo. The reason in Babel why no Burganim, like we explained, is Shi Hi Bitki, because you have the flash flooding. Behostaris, the Melo, the Shi Hi Ganave. In Hutsalat you have a lot of thieves, and therefore nobody stays in these uh, areas over here because they, you don't you don't build Burganim, and if you build it, what's going to happen? The Ganavim going to come, the thieves are going to come, and they're going to take it, they're going to knock it down, they're going to steal from it, and therefore those are not considered permanent uh, dwellings, so to speak, that can be used as an extension for your tomb. Mm-hmm. The reason why Pasebiraot are not eligible in Babel, even though they have yeshivot, tishchihi maya, because there's a lot of water in Babel. And therefore, what do you have to have a ter, to take water from a well, that's in the shoot yachid, in the shoot tarabim, with pasibirot, go to a private area and just drink the water. There was plenty of water in uh, Babel. And she says, velohu tru pasibirot, elalam komsusrikim megeshamim, lekonsan velestot mehem diika dohak. In the case we have a dohak, we have no options, we have water over there. All right, so then we'll be lenient. But in the place of Babel, there was plenty of water. Therefore, there's no problem. So the Gemara says, Bechutz la'aris nameh lo. And in Chutz la'aris, the reason why you cannot rely on Paseh Birot, as we explained, De lo shkicha Because you don't have yeshivas in Chutz la'aris. And therefore, there's no mitzvah. Therefore, there is no purpose to have the... Uh, the uh, so the Kibara says of Khasta told Mori Bered Ravuna I told him the following Amri they say Atitu me Barnash de Bekinishdad Daniel. They say that on Shabbat you people walk from the city of Banash to the synagogue of Daniel. Now Daniel we know was one of the prophets and he uh, prayed a certain tefillah uh, years before this. And in that spot where he prayed his, his famous tefillah, it says later on they built a synagogue on that spot. Now, from Barnash to the synagogue that they called the synagogue of Daniel, was, the Gemara says, the Abit Parse, was three parsaot away. Now, each parsa is 2,000 amot. So therefore, it's a very far distance, which means they walked 6,000 amot to the synagogue, and the assumption was, it was way out of the tomb. So they were asking, how could you, how could you walk away to the synagogue? It's outside of the tomb. Shabbat, no less. So, amai samchitu aburganin? What are you relying on? Burganin must be the only way you're able to get there is you're relying on the huts. Mm-hmm. Which means the huts that are on the way there keep on extending the, the city. So the Gibran says, Ha Amar Abu de Abu. Your grandfather said, Mishemed de Rab. He said in the name of Rab, that's Rabbi Miyabar Abba, and Burganin de Babel. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the one that said that we don't rely on the Eter of Burganin in Babel because of the flash flooding and therefore they're not considered. Legal residence. So the Gemara says, Nafak matvata. So he went out and he showed him what he was relying on. He showed him matvata. What is matvata? That she says, Ayarot harevot. Ayarot harevot means there were certain cities that were ruined. But the walls of the homes were still up. And therefore, the Gemara wants to say that 
so long as the structure of the home is still up, that's considered as if it is a extension of the city, which means uh, even if you have a, a grave, the Gemara discusses later on. You don't have to have a, a, a residency over there. But so long as you have a structure, it is considered a legal extension. So he said, look, we're relying on these ruins over here that extend the city. So the Gemara they are swallowed they're within 70 and two-thirds of the city. And therefore, since we have this item over here, these ruins, they're able to extend our tomb and we are able to carry further. Okay, that's the end of that Gemara. Now the Gemara goes into a uh, sugya of Agarita. The Gemara says, Amar Darish Mori Bar Mar. My dikhtiv. What does it mean when it says in the Pasuk in Tehilim? Lechol techla ra'iti ketz rehava mitzvatecha me'od. Which literally means lechol techla. Every goal has an end. I saw an end to it. However, when it comes to your mitzvot, they are wide, meaning they are endless. So the Gemara wants to know, what does this Pasuk mean? Davar ze amarot David. David made this uh, statement. Velo pirsho. But he really didn't give us an interpretation. What does this mean that the mitzvot are wide? What is this width that he's talking about? Very wide when it comes to the mitzvot. So the Gemara says, Amaro Iyov. Iyov then made this statement. Velo pirsho. Meaning Iyov also talked about the length and width of the Torah. How great it is. But he didn't explain to us what is the measurement. I mean, how wide is the Torah? Amaro Yehezkel. Yehezkel also uh, made the statement. Velo Pirsho. And he also did not explain how wide or what's the length and the breadth of the Torah. Until the prophet Zechariah came along. And he explained to us exactly the measurement, so to speak, of the Torah. The Gemara explains, Amarot David velo pirsho. David made this statement, but didn't explain it, as we just said from the Pasuk Etenim, Dekhtiv, Lekol techlara itiketz, Rehaba mitzvatecha meod. Good. Amarot Iyov velo pirsho, Dekhtiv, Iyov, what does it say? Regarding the Torah, he said, Aruka me'eretz mida, It is longer than the earth, Urhaba miniyam, And wider than the Oceans. She's the Torah is very vast. Uh, and then the Gemara says, Amaro The Prophet Yehezkel also talked about the width and breadth of the Torah, but didn't explain it. Dikhtiv, as the Pasuk says in Yehezkel, Vayifros ota lefanai, and he placed it in front of me, Vihi ketuba panim ve'achor, and it was written on two sides, front and back, Vekatuv edea kinim, it was written on it, lamentations, Vehege, and uh, things of happiness, Vahi, Vahi is talking about things of, Whoa, things of sadness. Now, the simple shot of it was talking about a, a book of lamentations that was uh, for foretelling the uh, destruction of Yerushalayim. However, the Gemara is going to make a derashan, there was actually a mashal to the Torah itself, meaning how wide and big it is. So the Gemara says the following. Kinim, when it says in this pasuk that it was a book filled with lamentations, 
This refers to the suffering that the tzaddikim have in this world. That's the lamentations. And we know that the word kinim refers to lamentations because we have a pasuk in Yehezkel that says kinahi vekonenuha benot which is also a pasuk that Yehezkel was talking about the, uh, I think, the future downfall of the Egyptian empire. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to fall by the hands yeah. of Babel. So he was lamenting that. So the word kina is a lamentation. Vehege, that's the rejoicing. That is referring to the reward that the tzaddikim are going to enjoy in the future. How do we know the word hege refers to song and rejoicing? Because the pasuk says, Does he see higayon with a harp? Now, vahi, that's referring to the woe. Zuhi puranutam shodeshaim natidavo. That's referring to natidavo, the downfall of the reshaim, meaning the calamities of the reshaim in natidavo uh, in the future. Now, how do we know the word vahi refers to woe? Vechenu omer, as the pasuk says, and that's a pasuk in Yaskel again, hove al hove tavo. The prophet was prophesizing about the calamities of the destruction, and then was at hove al hove. Hove is a woe on a woe will come. Good. Now, that's the Pasuk in uh, Yehazkel. Now, nobody told us exactly the measurements. Now, she tells us that Yehazkel was referring to Torah Shema Alpeh in this Pasuk. In any event, everybody told us it's wide, it's big, it's written on both sides, etc. But he didn't tell us the exact measurements. We don't know the measurements. So the Gemara says, So the Prophet Zechariah came along and says, Because the Pasuk says, and this Pasuk over here is in Zechariah, Right? They ask the Prophet, what do you see? I see a scroll that is folded. It's 20 amma long. And it's with his 10 amma. Again? So now already he sees the scroll. He sees the Torah. And already he skips the dimensions of it. It is 20 amma by 10. Now the Gemara says, Now it was folded. That's why the width is only 10. Now if you open it up, so now you have double. So the Gemara says, So that's going to be 20 by 20. Now we're not finished. Now we learned in the Pasuk in Yehezkel that it was written on both sides. Right? It was written on front and back. So now you have to take the front which is 20 and the back which is 20. Imagine if you just attach the front to the back. That will take you to 40. Which means when you peel, let's say, the back off and attach it to the front, which is making one long Megillah, because it was written on both sides. Right. So imagine if you'd peel the back off and attach it to the length. We doubled it already. You no, you, no, you, you, you doubled it because it was folded like a book. Right. So when you open it now, right. so now it is double, 20 by 20. The now side. the other side, attach it to the front. So now double it again. So the Gemara says, Kama Havyala, no. Arba'in Be'asim. It's 40 by 20. The width doesn't change, but the length, get another 20. Now, 
What are we talking about over here? The measurements over here that we're talking about, we're talking about the Amah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is not about a regular Amah. A regular uh, Amah over here of uh, six Tefachim, like we're talking about till now. We're talking about how big is the Amah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God's, so to speak, Amah. So the Gemara says, and I, how do I know that? She says that. When he says, Eslim Ba'amah, Amah Shil HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is referring to God's Amah. Now the Gemara is going to give you a little uh, understanding what that is. Uchtiv, and we have another Pasuk. This is in Yeshayah. Mi madad b'sha'olo ma'im b'shamayim bazeret tikin. Gemara says, what is the size of the shamayim? So the Gemara says, the size of shamayim, of the heaven, is a zeret. What is a zeret? So that she tells us, midat olam, that's the measure of the whole entire sky, is hatsi amma al hatsi amma. Half amma by half amma squared, which would be a quarter of amma. That's right, half amma, half amma squared, the cubic hatsi amma would be a quarter of amma. Now, that's referring to again, of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. So a quarter of Amah of a Kadosh Baruch Hu is the size of the entire sky. By a world, that's only a quarter of an Amah. Now, what do we say the Torah is? 40 Amah by 20 Amah. So now already the Gemara says, what's the Shi'ud? Nimsa. What's 40 by 20? That's 800. So therefore, to a quarter amount to 800 is 3,200 times greater. Which means the Torah is 3,200 times greater than the size of the, the, world. the world. Which is the world in God's measurement is only a zenith. Which is hatsi amah so therefore, the Torah, if we gave it the dimensions of 20 by, uh, or 40 by 20, that's already, 40 by times 20 is 800, right? That's 800, so that's 3,200 times greater, which means it's an unlimited amount of information and uh, 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 size that the Torah has. Again, which means this is the Mephaz you're talking about included in this is the Pshat, the Lemes, the Draj, the Sod, all the, all the, uh, the depth in the Torah is written in there. Comes again, Moran says, What does it mean in the Pasuk? This Pasuk over here is in Yirmiyahu. Pasuk says, Hedani Hashem, God showed me, there were two pots of figs, Mu'adim Hashem, that they were in front of the Hechal. So it says, regarding these figs, Hadud Ehad Te'enim Tovot Me'od. Right, the one pot had in a very good figs, Kete'ene, like the figs of Habakurot. Right, the first ripened ones. Mm-hmm. And the other part had very terrible figs in there where you couldn't even eat them. So the Gemara says, what is this referring to these figs over here? The Gemara says, second line, This is referring to the Tzadikim Gimurim. 
תאנים הרעות, the bad figs, אלו רשעים גמורים. He's referring to the רשעים. ושמא תאמר, אבד סברם, maybe you're going to say that regarding the רשעים, there is no more hope for them, ובטל סיכויים, and maybe there is no more, סיכויים is odds, meaning maybe there's no more chance or prospect for them. תמוד אמר, הדודאים נתנו דייך. Both pots, meaning both דודאים will give fragrant. אלו ואלו עתידים שייתנו דייך. Eventually both of them are going to come back and give a fragrant. Now what was this prophecy referring to? It's when the Jewish people were exiled in the times of the first Beit HaMikdash, there were two waves. The first wave were the Tamidei HaChamim that were exiled. That was referring to the part of good figs. They went into Babel first. And then, uh, the, about a decade later, the second wave of Galut came, and that was all the Rishayim of Israel. That was referring to the second part of, uh, of figs that were unedible. And therefore, the Gemara is saying that eventually, they all would come back, and Torah would come out of all the people, they would all make Tishuvah Shneimah, Hadu Da'im, not of Torah. So comes the Gemara and says, Darash Rabbah. Rabbah gave a derashah. My dichti. Now we go to a pasuk in Shir Hashirim. Hadudaim nat nureyach. It says that the dudaim. Dudaim can mean, uh, some explain, explain it as violets, exactly. Uh, these type of flowers, they gave smell. Elu bachurei Yisrael. These are referring to the young uh, men of Israel, that they never tasted the taste of sin. Jeez, they were pure. The young, uh, the young ones. Which literally means, and on our doorsteps, which means all the fine fruits. What is that referring to? Elu benot Yisrael is referring to the Jewish girls. That they tell, when it says Megadim, it comes from the word Hagid. They tell about their openings to their husbands, which means they let their husbands know when they are Nida, in order that their husband Shalom should not come to Isur. So therefore, regarding the Petahim, meaning the entrances of the ladies, Megadim, meaning they talk, they say to the husband exactly what the status is. <laughs> or others say that the word Megadim comes from the ego, the ego is to tie, to close, meaning they close their openings to their husbands, which means that she says, it's only for their husbands that she writes, they do not uh, commit adultery with others. In any event, the Gemara continues, the Pasuk in Shin Hashirim, Hadashim Gam Yeshanim Dodi Safanti Lach. The new and the old, Dodi, my loved one, Safanti Lach, they are hidden for you. What is referring to? Amra Kenes Yisraf Nagat Baruch The Jewish people told in front of God, Rebono Shedodam, Harbe Gezerot Gazarti Al Atzmi. I've decreed many decrees on myself, meaning B'nai Israel is boasting in front of God, and they're saying, we accepted upon ourselves a lot of things that are not written in the Torah, a lot of tekanot from the rabbis, we accepted upon ourselves much gezerot, yoter gazarta alai, more than you've commanded on us in the Torah, we've accepted stringencies and fences, etc. Vekiyamtim, and we have kept them all, which means, 
as if to say, the Pasuk is saying, Hadashim, Gam Yeshanim, which means the new ones, which means that's referring to the Gizerot of the Hachamim, Gam Yeshanim, the old ones, that's referring to the Torah, Dodi Safantilach, we've protected and concealed and kept the Torah protected as a result of these uh, things. As she says, Shamarti kol ele lecha b'shmach for your sake. Amale Rav Chazda, Rav Chazda said, Lahu midrabanan to that rabbi, Dehaba kamisadir agata kameh. There was a certain rabbi that was an expert that sang over agata. And he was in front of Rav Chazda. So Rav Chazda told that uh, rabbi of agada that was expert in derashot, Mishami amach hadashim kam yishanim mahu. Did you ever hear an explanation of what the Pasuk and Shidashini means? Hadashim gam yeshanim, the new and the old. Amar le elu mitzvot kalot, ve elu mitzvot hamurot. See, this is referring to two types of mitzvot. The mitzvot hamurot, the hard, the strict ones, and the mitzvot kalot, which means the easy ones. Could be the hamurot, or the ones that are punished by karet, and have the strict punishment. The kalot, or let's say just the regular lot ta'asehs that are punishable by either makut, or not even a a punishment uh, like a lavshe inbo maase. There's different types of um, um, there's different types of um, mitzvot. And the positive as well. Mitzvah hamura. We have like kibud uh, avayim where the reward is so great it's very difficult to do. And then you have mitzvah uh, kala. Uh, we said like shilu hakad where it's an easy mitzvah to do. The point is he was saying that's hadashim gam yeshanim. The new and the old. So Rav Chazda didn't accept that. Rav Chazda says amale vechitora paramim paramim nitna. What was the Torah given at different stages where you tell me the new and the old? What do you mean? The, 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 the mitzvot hamurot and the mitzvot kanot were given at the same time. So why would Shlomo Melech refer to them as hadashim gam yeshanim? As if there was new and there was old. Was the Torah given at separate times? So the Gemara says, Ela halalu halalu Yeah, like we learned earlier. The, the hadashim is referring to the takanot of Rabbanan. And the yeshanim are referring to the Torah mitzvah of the Torah. So therefore, there was new and old. Because the Tekanot Hazal were said later on. She says the verse Sofrim on the fourth line. Hadashim shnet hachu bechodor badur is the Tekanot that are made in every generation. Ligdor geder v'siag in order to put a fence around the Torah. Darash Rava Rava made it. Darash This is a pasuk in Kohelet. The pasuk says, "The yoter mehema beni zaher, asot sefarim arbe en chetz velahag arbe yegiat basar." Simply, the pasuk means Shlomo Melech was saying there is no need to study any other literature besides the Torah. I mean, the Torah alone can keep you busy for a lifetime. The yoter mehema beni zaher. More than this, be careful. Shlomo says, "I'm warning you." And then he says, "Asot sefarim arbe en chetz to go write the Torah." It's unlimited. Asot sefarim to write sefarim to write all these things down in kits. There is no limit. So the Gemara wants to know what was Shlomo referring to. So it says Beni his zahed b'divrei sofrim. The Gemara says Shlomo was saying, my son, be very careful when it comes to the divrei sofrim, the takanot of Hazal. Why? Yoter mitavrei Torah. Even be more vigilant when it comes to the takanav, the sofri, more than the mitavrei Torah. Shemitavrei Torah yesh pein aseh velo taaseh. Because the basically the Torah is divided into two parts: mitzvot aseh, positive, and mitzvot not aseh. Mitavrei sofri, kol aver al mitavrei sofri, hayab mita. 
every single one of the takarot of Hazal is punishable by that. Like we know the Gemara Berachot, the Gemara says, Uporotz Geeder Yeshechenu Nahash. That somebody that breaks the fence of Hazal, he gets punished by a snake, which means deadly. Meaning the Torah, there's some Hatzid, there's Mitzvot Not Hatzid, not everyone is punishable by death. But the Hazal, the Takarot of Hakamim, they are more serious. Now let's read Rashi for a second on the fourth line. The Yotir Mehemma. And she gives us the background of this pasuk of Kohelet. This is referring to the Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu The rabbis argued on the Rosh right after them, they started to forget. Right, so the Torah of Moshe eventually became splintered amongst the Achamim because they were arguing. Moshe was given by one shepherd that's referring to Moshe. But it says, which means be very careful when it comes to the Torah which was given at Sinai. But also be careful with the Torah Shabbat. But you know why the Torah Shabbat Peh could not have been written? She'en ketz la'asot sefirim ha'bim kol ele. Which means the Torah Shabbat it's a limited book. But Torah Shabbat Peh, asot sefirim en ketz. Shlom HaMelech was saying. And then the Gemara is telling you that he was actually referring to the Tekanot of the Hakamim, which is also part of Torah Shabbat Peh, that it is unlimited. Be careful because of their punishment. Shem etomar, im yesh bahem mamash, if they're so serious, and they're so... Um, Punishable, like we're saying, so why don't they write them down? How come it's not written in the uh, in the Torah? What he's trying to say is it's unlimited, which means you would not be able to document all the takarot of Hazal and write them down. It is uh, far-reaching, which is really the Gemara is really all sorts of. Things that are assumed to the banan, that the rabbis added, as we see it is an unlimited limut. So Shabbat was saying, originally when the Torah was out there, you couldn't uh, write all this down. It was so much, uh, so much information. So the Gemara says, the end of the pasuk says, basar. So the Gemara says, what is this pasuk referring to? Gemara says, Anybody that belittles the words of the Hakamim, he will be judged in hot excrement. Which means as if the word lahag over here is lag. Which means if somebody is malag, somebody is um, mocks and derives the words of Torah, so then the end of the passage will be basar. But the workings of the flesh. The workings of the flesh is a euphemism for excrement. And therefore, he's going to be judged. The Mephashim explained, what's the Midah, connected Midah? Because when one mocks the words of Hazal, he causes others to keep their distance from the Hakamim. Oh, these people are uh, crazy. These people are making Gezerot. So what does God do? God puts them in a situation where people are going to distance themselves from him. Obviously, somebody that's uh, stewing in Tso'ar uh, Ta'at is uh, going to be, uh, you know, uh, he's going to be alone. No one's going to go next to him. So come says, <laughs> Which is it's not it's a nice dinasha, but the Pasuk says Lahag. Right? Lahag. Lahag literally means to, to toil, to, to learn. So you take from the word lag and you make lahag and you make it dinasha, lahag ketiv. So he learns it in a positive sense. Anybody that 
learns the Torah and studies it, he will always taste meat, which is always when a person eats meat, there's always a tam to it, there's always the delectable, there's always appetizing. Same thing with the Vred Torah. When a person analyzes the Vred Torah and gets the logic and the reasoning, no matter how many times you learn it, lag, you will always have a taste of basal, like the Pasuk uh, says. Comes the like the pasuk says, tells a story about how careful the Biakiva was when it came to one of the takanot of the hakamim, which was netirat shadayim. Comes says, asurim. He was incarcerated in prison in the times of the Romans. They put the Biakiva in jail. That's from the place. From Garci, Rashi says Shemakom, that's one explanation. Another explanation is Torhen Girisim. Since he used to be grind Girisim, Girisim is like a type, a type of bean. So therefore they would call him the Garci. In any event, Meshareto, he was the servant of Rabbi Akiva. Bechol yom vayom, ayom achnisim lo mayim bimida. So every day they would allow Rabbi Yoshua to bring Rabbi Akiva measured water. Again, he needed water to drink, and he also needed water for the Tlachedai. So Rabbi Yoshua every day was able to bring in a certain amount of measured water to the prison. Yom Echad, one day, the warden of the prison sword, Rabbi Yoshua Garci, Hey, how come you bring in extra water today? Seems there's a lot of water you're bringing. Maybe you're doing it in order to to dig a hole out of the prison, meaning you're going to pour the water on the ground, soft. make the earth soft, and the Benish High says, which means probably you're saving water until you can have enough in order to soften the ground, and now you'll be able to break your way out. So he made him pour out half the amount. So now we only add half, which means, according to the Mephashim, he only had half either for drinking or for Nitilat Shadayim. Gamara says, Keshima it's the Biakiva. When he came to the Biakiva, Amalo Yoshua, Enata Yodeya Shizakenani, don't you know that I am an old man? The Hayai Tinuim Behayecha and I'm relying on you, which means how come you didn't bring me enough water? See, this is enough water, not, not enough water for both uh, things. Don't you know that my life is dependent on you? So Rabbi Yosha Gersi told him the whole story would happen all episode. Fine, let me use the water for Nitilat Yadayim. There's not even enough water over here for drinking. So you're going to use it for Nitilat Jadai, which means your life is dependent on this over here. Rabbi needs to drink something. So he says, drink it, forget about Nitilat Jadai, which means obviously he had something to eat. But he couldn't eat his bread unless he made Nitilat Jadai. So Rabbi Yashagar is saying, forget about Nitilat Jadai now. It's more important that you drink the water for your uh, hydration. Rabbi Akiva says, no, I'll use the water for Nitilat Jadai, but forget about my drinking. Amar what do you want me to do? He tells him. When you don't follow the enactments of the Hakamim, for example, like Nitilat Shadayim, you're punished by death. So therefore, Mutav Amut Mitat Atzmi Velo Al Dat Let me die my own death instead of being 
guilty of the death of my friends, meaning of going against their enactments. And the Bifarjim say, how could the Biakia put himself in danger over here? So the simple explanation is that you're allowed to uh, put yourself at risk of life to die for any of the mitzvot of the Torah, even rabbinical, when the government is coming after you, which is now already, it was a shat shmad, which is the government was coming along and incarcerating the Akiva for the observance of learning. any mitzvah, for learning Torah. So therefore, in this case, you can make Kiddush Hashem and risk your life and die for any mitzvah. But you see, the Akiva was willing to die even for that. And they have a whole, whole questions, uh, how come he didn't eat, uh, hold the bread in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a napkin, or in a towel. And they would have to make the Jedi. So some say, because Rabbi Akiva used to eat his cholin betahara. He used to eat his cholin on the level of teruma. And if that doesn't help, teruma holding it in a in a uh, in a in a, in a, in a towel. And some want to say over here. So how come he didn't eat less than a kabetza? Maybe less than a kabetza or, or less than a kazayit. The old machloket. So you have to make the tachadai. So they have different answers over there why uh, that wasn't uh, uh, an option for the mekra. In any event. What was his plan? He'd rather die. So comes the and says, Amru, they said, Lo ta'am klum. He did not uh, taste anything, which means he did not eat. Which means he wouldn't eat the bread until he made the, the tilat yadayim, which means he did not use it for drinking. Comes the and says, Kishashamu hakamim. But when the rabbis heard about this uh, story, Amu, they said, Ma If this is the way he acted in his old age, which means when he probably had a heter, because he's chole, he's sick, he's old, and still he was makbid on nitinachadaim. Or the more so, how careful he was, probably he accepted upon himself the yoke of the mitzvot and the suffering, like she says, And if this is the way he acted in jail, where you already have hitterim, he's in jail, he's anus, he's patur. Who knows how Mahmir Rabbi Akiva was on himself when he was not under the rest, meaning when he was not in the prison. When Shilomo Melech established two Gezerot, Shilomo is responsible for the Takanav Erubin, that's Erube Hasarot, meaning to carry from one Neshuti Yahid to another Neshuti Yahid, you need a that was the Takana of Shilomo, and also he made Netilat Yadaim. That's all Mahlokin exactly what type of Netilat Yadaim did he make over here. Some say it wasn't the Netilat Yadaim for bread. The government of Vilna takes out the word Yadaim. He just turns in Shilomo made Netilat, meaning he holds that if one wants to eat Kodashim, he has to wash his hand, but it's really not Netilat, it's Tevilat. You have to immerse your hands in a mikveh. So that was uh, Shilomo's takana. Others say no, indeed Shilomo Melech did make etilat chadayim for bread like we have today. In any event, what happened when he made these two takanot? So the Gemara says, Yatsta bat kol the amra. A heavenly voice came out as if an approval by God in what Shilomo was doing. And it says, Beni, im hacham If your heart has been uh, open to wisdom, Yismach lebi gamani. My heart is also happy. Because God was happy with these takanot. The Omer, the Pasuk says, Hacham beni. My son is smart. Besamach lebi. And therefore my heart is happy. Vashibah horefi davar. Tarash rabah maidikhtiiv. What does the Pasuk mean when it says in Shira Shirim? Lecha dodi netzeh hasadeh. Go out, my loved one, into the field. 
They go out to the field. Nalina bekefarim. We will sleep or lie in the villages. Nashkima the keramim. And we will wake up in the keramim, in the vineyards. And then we'll see if the gefen, if the grape, if the vine sprouted. Patah hasimadab. If the grape blossomed. Hinetsu adimonim. And if the demonim budded. So comes the Gemara and says, Sham eten etodai lach. It is over there that I will give my beloved one over there. So the Gemara now explains what this Pasuk is referring to. B'nai Yisrael talking to God. Let's go, my loved one. Let's go to the field. What did B'nai Yisrael want with God in the field? Amra Knesset Yisrael of Nechadosh Baruch Hu. So the, uh, uh, the Knesset Yisrael, the group of Israel, the Jewish people tell God. Don't judge us and look at us like the people that live in the big cities. People that live in the city are involved in commerce. And therefore, they steal, they're involved in promiscuity, they swear falsely. And therefore, God, don't judge us like the people of the big cities. Let's go out to the fields. We want to be judged with the group of the that live an impoverished life in the fields, which is they live on the farms, which is a very difficult but they sacrifice in order to study Torah. So therefore we're telling God we want to be judged with the people of the Sadeh. Those are the Tamidi that live a life of self-sacrifice in order they can study Torah. <coughs> we want to sleep in the villages. Kofrim literally means the deniers of God, the ones that uh, they're kofir, they, uh, they deny the existence of God. What does this mean? Bo ve'erech. Tells God, Look at those people that you gave them so much wealth and so much beracha. And what did they do? They were kofed, which means they denied you. And therefore, the Pasukha is telling you over here, Nalina Bekifarim, how are they learning that? Which means, let us lodge in the villages. So as if it says, instead of Kifarim, as if it says, Kofrim. So he says, I will show you that uh, you, you gave them prosperity. And what they do? But what's that got to do with this? Uh, oh, so he says this is referring to the descendants of Esav. Okay, that's the way they explain that. To the cities, no? Now, let us wake up to the vines. Who are the vines that we're talking about? We want to wake up to the vines. That's referring to the synagogues and the Batim Midrashot. As we learned the Masechet Berachot, they used to sit in a formation of a, like the rows of a vineyard. That's what they called it, Kerem Be'yavne, right, the vineyard of Yavne. So therefore we're saying, Neshkima Keramim. We want to go to those places, institutions that have the seating formation like the Keramim. Now the Gemara says, <coughs> Let us see if the grape has flowered. Elu Ba'ale Mikra. That's referring to the people that study Humash. I mean, that's the first stage of the uh, the flower comes out of the uh, out of the uh, out of the bud. Petah asimadar, 
and then you have the grape blossom has opened. That's the next stage. Elu ba'alim mishnah. Those are the people that study on a higher level. That's already the people that study Mishnayot. Henetsu harimonim. So the pomegranates are in bloom. That's the highest level. Elu ba'ale gemara. That's referring to those that study gemara, which is again the highest level of limud. Sham eten etodai lach. Says is over there. The pasuk says, "I will give my love to you over there." And the gemara says, "Arech." I will show you my glory and my greatness, the praise of my sons and my daughters. In that place over there, in the yeshiva, in the in the, in the place of uh, learning Torah, that's where we will show the glory to God of the children, of the boys and young boys and girls that are studying Torah and are fulfilling the mitzvot. Um, the praise of my sons and daughters, but specifically to the attributes uh, that we say, and the pasuk over there, okay, it's referring to the study of Torah. Abba Rav Menuna, Rav Menuna said, "My dichtiv." Now we go back to a pasuk in Kohelet. The pasuk says, "Actually, I go back. I'm sorry. It's a pasuk in Melachim." Vaydaber sheloshet alafim mashal vayhi shiro hamisha vaalef. There you go. So it says Shlomo Melech spoke three thousand parables. <laughs> and his song was Hamishav out of 1,005. What is this referring to? So the Gemara says, Melamed, She'amar Shelomo al kol dabar vedabar shel Torah, Sheloshet alafim mashal. On every single mitzvah of the Torah, Shelomo Amele gave 3,000 parables in order to explain it. Which means as if he gave, as she says, 3,000 reasons for every mitzvah in the Torah. Al kol davar davar shel sofrim, when it came to all the rabbinical enactments, hamisha ba'elif ta'amim. He gave 1,005 reasons for all the rabbanans. Darash gave This goes back to Kohelet. The Pasuk says, V'yoter shaya Kohelet hacham, Od limed da'at etam ve'izen ve'hakir tiken meshali marbe, which literally means, and besides being wise, which means ve'yotesh yakuret hakam. Besides being wise, Kohelet also taught knowledge to the people. You know, od limed da'at etam, and it says izen ve'hakir. He listened and he sought out and arranged many meshalim. And the Gemara says, what is this referring to? He taught the Torah with the cantillation, meaning with the ta'amim that are on top of the words. That's the way he taught. As she says, right? he, he, he established a tradition, whether it was the pesukim with the ta'amim that are on them, ben begrisasher mishnah, or the text of the mishnayot, and the proper way to read them. Okay, so that's what it means that limed uh, that he taught it with the proper, uh, correct uh, reading and ta'amim. And he also explained it with what is similar to it, meaning he explained the whole Torah analogies. If we explained it in a very... Uh, very easy way, or easy way, but in a way where it was uh, in a mashal. 
Ve'izen ve'hayket dikem meşalim And what does it mean uh, that Shalom HaMelech uh, established many meshalim? Amar ola, amar rabbi, Eliyazer, betahilayta Torah domelech fifa she'en la'uznaim. Originally, before Shalom HaMelech came, the Torah was compared to a basket that did not have ears, did not have handles. Now, if a basket doesn't have handles, you can't lift it up, you can't carry it. Acheba Shlomo, ve'asa oznayim, which means he came and made handles to the Torah. What does that mean? Nashi says, ve'asa ala oznayim, the bottom Nashi, shitikin erubim ve'yadayim, which means he made the takanot, for example, of erubim and yadayim, the gazala shniyot arayot, he also made takanot regarding arayot, different uh, relations that are forbidden. Which is now we're able to follow the mitzvot. Which is the Torah was not being fulfilled. It was a kid that you couldn't lift. But by making defenses, now the Torah became again a kid that you're able to lift, so to speak. is able to follow me. The people stop transgressing the Isurin. As she says, they distance themselves from sin. Right, so when it says, just like a, if, if, a, if a keli has a handle, it's easy to carry it. So the takanot of Shudam Omelech allowed the Jewish people not to fulfill the Torah because they had fences now. So they're able not to come and transgress. So that's what it means he made Oznam. He made uh, uh, handles for the Torah. Uh, just one Hadush that Baruch Shalom always would say over on this Pasuk that he heard from his rabbi. Hakam Ezra Ati and Hakam also uh, says this over uh, uh, many times. Also, in the name of his Rabbi Hakam Ezra Allah Veshalom. Sometimes uh, you have a very very wise person, and he's very intellectual, very smart, and he has a tremendous wealth of information. But because he's so deep and so smart, he's handicapped in the sense that he cannot give it over. Because since his mind is so deep and he's thinking so, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, so uh, vast in his, in his brain, so it's very hard for him to communicate to the regular people. Uh, then again, you have somebody that doesn't have such a smart brain, so he can say over things. Usually, uh, you don't find that somebody that is so smart that is able to oversimplify things and say it in a very clear language. So the Gemara says that this is referring to, uh, the Pasuk says, this is Shilamu HaMelech. The Pasuk writes, mm-hmm. As great as Shilamu HaMelech was a Hakam, mm-hmm. still he was able to teach it to the people. That was the greatness of Shilamu. He was able to synthesize the deep wisdom that he had and bring it out in a very simplified way. This we could say as well, uh, for example, Acham would quote this, but Acham say, live and be well, this is a perfect example of, you see, a, a Hakam that has such godly wisdom and such depth, however, when he gives a shi'ud, the clarity, and he could take the most complicated subjects and methodically break them down and oversimplify them, that even a very simple person is able, that's the gift of Shilamu HaMelechad as well, which means as great as he was in Chokmah, he was still able to teach Torah to the people. And the last piece of tonight's Gemara, Amar of Hazna Amar Mor, Ugma Melamed, Sheyesh Ledrosh Al Kol Kotz Vekotz, Kevut Sotav Tatalim. Sorry, the Pasuk in Shirashirim says, Kevut Sotav Tatalim, which literally means his locks are wavy. Wavy. Now these locks are referring to the uh, uh, the uh, Gemara is going to say the kotzim, the uh, hairs that are on top of the Torah, meaning the crowns 
that are on top of the Torah, we call it the Tagim. So the Gemara says, Amar of Chazda, Amar Mor, Ba'ab, Melamed, Sheesh Ledrosh, Al-Kul Kotz, Ve'Kotz, on every crown of the Torah, you can give the Rashot, Tilet, Tilim, Shul Halakot. Mounds upon mounds of of Halakot, which means even the crowns of the Torah, which is the uh, the artwork, so to speak, for us, you know, it just makes the uh, Sefer Torah beautiful, but it's more than that, there's halachot that can be learned from every single tag, tilet, tilim, she'el, halachot,